Hello, friends. I'm really excited. We have a special guest, Justin Shenru, or something like that, from London. And he'll be playing for us this flute. So it's going to be a really good shoe. We'll be fearlessly talking about everything. Everything that we're afraid to talk about. I hope you enjoy this episode. Thanks for listening. So it'll be David Norton and I, and then Justin shows up. And halfway through this talk, Mike M. from Chicago joins us. And it gets pretty interesting with, uh, with Mike M. and Justin as we get a perspective on, um, on contemporary uh, politics. What's happening? Current events, current affairs, no, current unfairs. So I hope you enjoy this uh, part two. Without further ado, further ado. We can put together a little video thing on Wednesday night. Sounds like a good idea. Oh, Justin is in the house. Oh, Justin. How are you? Yeah, I'm okay. How are you? Fine. Hi, Justin. My Hi. name is Dave. Hi, Dave. How are you? Nice to meet you. So I'm you, okay. Are you local or are you from somewhere else? You from uh, I'm in London right now. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. So were you born and raised over there or are you from somewhere else? I'm half Irish, but I grew up here. And then uh, uh, when I was 18, I went to India and I was living in Asia for most wow. of the time until about, I don't know, about six, seven years ago, I came back to England to do a, a Buddhist psychotherapy master's degree. And wow. somehow I got stuck here. And now I'm really stuck because um, my government like yours is not good with the uh, virus. So we oh. oh, is that right? <laughs> so what it, let me ask you, what is it like over there with the virus? Because uh, here it depends upon what state you live in, not necessarily the country. Right, right. Well, um, I think, you know, in a way, there's relatively little danger because the infection rates aren't that high. But um, there's still obviously a danger. And, uh, and the government is n making no effort to eliminate the virus here. Uh, they, I don't know if you know uh, much about the English policy, but the, we have a, a right-wing government and um, they... Uh, Initially, they decided to, have you heard of this herd immunity strategy? Yeah. Yeah, so it, against all science, they were uh, gunning for the herd immunity uh, strategy. Um, and then they did a U-turn on that and then they made a lockdown, but they never made the lockdown uh, very, very well. They've never enforced like, uh, well, they, they finally enforced masks like, uh, just, I don't know, just a few weeks ago, you have to wear masks in shops. 
but there's everyone's like milling around in the street with no mask. I mean, maybe I don't know five or five or ten percent of people in the streets have masks. Um, not even everyone in the shops has, and the shop workers don't have masks even. The police don't use masks. Right. Um, the advice from the government has been, you know, really really bad. I'm not. I don't know if you know the 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 chief advisor to the prime minister got corona and then according to the rules then you can't you know you've got to stay at home he didn't stay at home he drove his kids and his wife like miles and miles away to a different city and then his excuse was he was driving because his eyesight was bad from the virus so he wanted to test his eyesight by driving his kids in the car and then his uh, his government supported that so yeah that seems like a good idea so there's been, you know, totally uh, terrible leadership, and uh, and now they're sending kids back to school again. No masks for the kids, even in the classrooms. Uh, the the prime minister just a few days ago was speaking out against, you know, the using masks in schools. So at the moment, there's no hope of uh, like eliminating the virus in this country. Well, the thing is, you know, the actually what I understand is the virus itself is just another strain of the flu um, that attacks uh, basically elderly people, um, oh. you know, and to me, you know, the thing is they never close things down for the flu. As a matter, I'm an Uber driver, too. Let oh, me, right, right, right. Right. So I'm out in this every risk. day. And I've been out in this every day for the past six weeks and yeah. it hasn't affected me at all. But yeah, it's true. Like most people, it won't affect. Like most people won't catch it. But like those who do, um, you know, and the older we are, the, the more high risk we are. Um, or if there are any underlying conditions and increases. I think you're, you're in a way, you're, what you say about relating to the flu, um, I, I would say it's, it's not, a, well, it, it, it is part, it is, uh, you know, uh, one of the family of coronaviruses, right? And, and I think flu is a, kind of coronavirus right yes yeah yeah but then you get different you know different uh different one different um and different members of that family will have different uh risks you know so i think more more people have died of corona than um well my memory doesn't remember all all the figures but if you look at like how many people have died of corona versus the flu or many other sicknesses, even just this year, um, then the statistics are actually, they, they show well, it's considerably different than just like any normal flu. Well, it depends on how you break those statistics down because the statistics show that a person over 65 years of age has a more likely chance of dying from coronavirus than the rest of the population. Yes. And the thing is that the ones that are under 65 have very less, but the only thing is with the general flu, more people die under the age of 65 with the regular flu than have died with the coronavirus. So uh, the thing is- you, are, you, are, you, are you taking that on like a, um, like, so for example, if, if we take this, see the yearly figures, like how many people die every year of flu or what percentage of the of those infected die we right. you, we got to be careful like we haven't had a year of coronavirus but no. if, you, if you take like a month and multiply it by 12 for example right sure. but the thing is my i i base my own 
judgment on the experiences that I've had. Right. But since I've been an Uber driver, okay, a couple of years ago, I don't know if you're aware of it, but there was a very bad flu that went around. And the thing is, there was like 60,000 people that died. Right. But the thing is, at that time, I was getting riders that were saying, yeah, well, I got to go to a funeral. Well, what happened? I always ask, you know. Well, yeah. my, my mother, my aunt, or my friend, or whatever, they died from the flu, you know. And at that point, I'm asking myself, here, I'm one driver out here of thousands mm. of drivers. Yeah. How many people are dying from this flu? And come yeah. to find out there was a whole lot of people. And they weren't old people either. They weren't people in nursing homes. These were yeah. young people. Now, the other right. day, I even had a rider. Okay, and it was really fascinating. She was a black person. And she was probably, I don't know, maybe in her 20s or 30s. And mm. she was telling me that when the H1N1 vaccine, I think it was that one, went around, okay, the thing is, it was a very deadly and toxic uh, flu season that year. Right, right. Okay. And she said what happened was, she said, Dave, she says, what happened? She says, right away, my mom says, hey, you got to go to the doctor and you got to get a few flu shot. She went and got a flu shot. Okay. Right. And the thing is, within two days, she came down. She said, I was so sick. She says, yeah. and ended up having the flu from the flu shot. She says, right, I, right, I was right. going to die. She said, I really thought I was going to die. And at that point, she says, I started doing investigations on this stuff. And she says, because she was black, she found out. And then I had another writer is within that same day that said the very same thing, that the thing is that the American companies like, uh, you know, these big pharma companies through yeah. Bill Gates, that they were using black people in Africa for testing for guinea pigs to test these vaccines and things out. Right. And now it's come out that the thing is, what do you hear the other day in the United States? I don't know if you heard this or not. They wanted to use black people because none of the black people are coming in for tests to take and do these testings on these vaccines. You know, and first thing she oh. told me, she says, this whole thing is not right. All everything that's going on is not a right thing. And <laughs> I really true agree with her. So the thing is, when it comes to the coronavirus, I question everything about it. Because I it's don't good believe to none of the big pharmas, and I don't big the, believe in the corporations. But the thing is, here in Florida now, I can say we live in Florida, and the thing is, basically everything is just about open except for the amusement parks. Uh, you know, uh -huh. the Disney and Universal, they're open, but they're only allowing very few people. And our conventions are still dead. So therefore, part of our thing, part of our economy is still not growing and doing anything at all. But yet, on the other hand, Everything in the other part of the economy is bustling and everybody's out there building houses, they're, they're working out. And, and the thing is, you have to have a mask when you go into certain into the stores. But That's the thing good. is, when you come out, nobody's wearing a mask, you know, um, they take them off. Some people wear, wear them probably like it is over there. You yeah. know, the thing is, I really feel that the this herd immunity has to take place because if, I mean, that's the way we- Well, the question it. is whether, um whether it is actually a good idea like um <clears throat> i mean th there's there's some question over whether like how long immunity lasts i think some studies might have shown that I, i'm not sure if anyone's clear yet on that because maybe evidence is a little lacking it's you know it's all quite new but i've heard some thoughts that immunity might only last like three months or something um, well, whatever it might might last, and the same is true with the flu, 
Okay. Yeah. The thing is, it's a, it's a virus that is still there, a living virus that is in the population that even if it comes back, there's something we have to learn to deal with. Yeah, but the, the thing about her, herd immunity is to, for, in order to have herd immunity, you need to get uh, over a certain uh, proportion of the population infected. Like if, if the level of infection is under that level, there is no herd immunity. So, uh, and then if you, if you, and then herd immunity will also depend on how long the immunity lasts. So you might have to like get a certain number of a proportion of the the uh, population like regularly infected. Um, yeah, all these things nobody knows, and the only thing is. Well, there's yeah, think. they're studying it more and more. But they, for example, in, in Sweden, Sweden's a good case because they, um, in contrast to most other uh, countries, they decided to to try for this herd immunity thing, and it's very clear. Well, it's it's clear for the medical community at least that that failed um and if you look at the statistics on their their uh death rate as a proportion of the population for example or their infection rates then uh they're doing among the very worst in europe i think they might even be the worst but i, I can't confirm that i'd have to look at the statistics again but it's it's very clearly been shown that 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 failed Sorry, I have well, to. I don't. I don't exactly know what happened there. All I can do is take and share with you what's happened here in the United States. We have yeah. one state called South Dakota. Yeah. And the thing is, they they never uh, closed down. They always allowed. But the thing is, they practice distancing and wearing a mask and all this other stuff. And just recently, they have a big biker convention out there. I forget yeah. the name of the town, but there was over a hundred thousand people there. And yeah. I think so, so far there seems to be no repercussions from this. Well, uh, Trump had a rally in Tulsa, didn't he? And we saw that there were repercussions of that. Uh, oh, that's true. Know? I mean, the thing is, whenever you're going to get around people, when you go to the grocery store, you're yeah. around people. You don't know what that person has had before you. And that's just like yeah. last night, me and my wife were talking about, you know, the thing is, when somebody goes, if they have a vehicle, and they go to a gas station, and they yeah. pump their gas, when they touch that handle on that gas pump, somebody else just touched it before them. Sure. And the thing is, this here disease transfers through that type of thing. Yeah, well, you, you also through the air, though. Like, yeah. um, and you were mentioning before about like masks in the shops there in the states, but maybe not outside. And it's definitely more we're more at risk in an enclosed space than we are outside. I mean, I think people at high risk, it would be good to wear masks, you know, even in the street. You know, unless you're in the countryside and there's no one else on the street. But, uh, and black people as well are more susceptible uh, than others. They, they're, they're uh, kind of, um, how do you Well, say if I, I talk to a lot of black people and you know, that there is not what is being experienced and being felt really in the well, black community here. I think I mean, that we have to, I think, I think it's, all propaganda it's differentiate between um, personal experience or the experience of a few people we talk to versus like, grander statistics um yeah, yeah, for example yeah. i've never had cancer so i could say um uh you know let's say if i smoke and i've never had cancer oh i've been smoking for years and i've never had cancer so i i think it's fine and a lot of smokers will tell themselves that oh no I, i'm fine nothing will happen bad to me but if you look at the statistics then you can see okay you know it's not like a guarantee that you'll get cancer if you smoke but statistically 
you will increase your chances by X percent. You know what I mean? Yeah, but the thing is, people have to live their own lives and not depend and put the statistics of a few upon everybody. I mean, that well, does that mean that, that uh, if if I'm working in a restaurant, that I should I shouldn't have to wash my hands or uh, I shouldn't have to make sure the chicken is cooked to a certain temperature, because you know most people will be fine anyway, and it should be my freedom to do what I want in the kitchen. Well, <laughs> I don't know. The thing is, how much are you going to impose upon people's freedoms? The thing is, the idea when you start imposing all these values upon a person's freedoms and you get it down to zero, there's, people don't think. I mean, communism is very bad because of the fact that people are not allowed to think freely and to experience life. You know, when yeah. you walk out the door in the morning, there's a risk to that. I mean, what do you how do you feel about the health regulations in the, uh, in the food industry? You know, they're, they're well, restricted in what they can do. Well, the thing is, sometimes they do that according to the corporation and the corporate worlds, uh, you know, just like we have the FDA here. And it's been proven. We have had a bunch of doctors come out <clears throat> and talking about this hydroxychloroquine, which has yeah. demonstrated to save people's lives with uh, COVID. Okay, but yet the FDA will not approve it. But the thing is, they've done studies. Doctors have done studies that yeah. prove that this works. Also, there's well, other uh, remedies too, like, um, what is it, the other day I heard one, oleandrin or something. And once again, the FDA will not approve that. And we right. have people in the doctor's industries and in the political industries that are purposely trying to create this to kill more people for a political value. And I think I, that- I really wrong. sympathize with your distrust of um, certain authorities. And I really share that. And you, you mentioned before about pharmaceutical industries, and it's such a, a, a huge industry in terms of money yeah. um, that they are highly motivated to, to act immorally. And I think, you know, in part, it's the nature of corporations. I, I, I don't know if you might have seen a study. There's a, there was a kind of psychological analysis of corporations as entities, and it was, it was uh, shown that um, when you analyze the behaviors and functionings of, of big corporations, um, they basically function like psychopaths. Like what? Um, psychopaths. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's what's going on now. And yeah. the thing is, I don't know if you've seen this, but there's a video out there. They won't show it on YouTube. They took it down from YouTube. But right. it actually shows how this, all this stuff goes back to, in our country, to John D. Rockefeller. And I, I didn't know that he took and did certain things as he did uh, to create the pharmacology, the pharmacies that we have, pharmacology industry that we have today, you know? Um, well, yeah, but, it, it is really bad. And, and, and it affects politics as well. Like in England, for example, um, have you heard about Brexit? About what? Brexit. Oh yeah, everybody knows Brexit. Yeah, do, do you know the main reason why Brexit happened? I, I really don't understand the whole thing totally. I know the thing yeah. is it all has to do with the European Union and that, the, you know, the English wanted to take and there were a portion of the population that wanted to break away from the European Union, probably yeah. because they had too much control. And I dare say that the probably, you know, that there was a great influence, a corporate influence on that too. Yes. <clears throat> so, um, oh, what was I going to say about that? Sorry. Um, the newspapers 
and you know sort of media in general but especially maybe newspapers are controlled by a few people Rupert Murdoch I guess is the main guy so um, if you want to put a certain message through the media you know and you have enough money or you if you own the media you can really really shape the view of the people that's what's um, happening here now yeah so a lot of people i mean that's what's yeah that's what's kind of generally happens everywhere and some places worse than others i, I lived in china for a year so in china like media is really really controlled by the government in england and america i would say it's not as bad as that but you do have, you know, some very, very, uh, well, generally, most media is controlled by members of the 1%. And that presents some great risk to, to the people. Um, but what it seems to me is, um, have you heard of the city of London? So there's London, which is our capital city. But within London, there's a small part that's actually called the city of London. Uh, are you aware of that? No. Okay. So it's like the, probably the oldest part and it's like super rich and that's where all the big banks are and stuff like that. That's like and, Manhattan in New York. Oh, maybe. So that is the center of, um, I guess it's probably the center of the world's uh, international money laundering and tax evasion. Um, and uh, the Bank of England store, I mean, so not the Bank of England, the, the city of London, and uh, that whole crew, they, they store their money um, in offshore places like, uh, I don't know, Jersey, Guernsey. Well, there's some territories that, that the UK owns. And there's also some small islands dotted around the world that, that they used to, you know, used to be part of the empire. Uh, and they gave freedom, but they actually still control and they have uh, banks there and stuff. So, um, you know, if you're, if you're super rich, you want to hide your money. Um, the, the city of London is one of the key centers and that's, it's a big part of the UK economy as well. Um, and the EU were making rules to uh, basically against um, certain kinds of tax evasion and, and uh, things like that to make, I know it was something about transparency of banking. So it was going to devastate uh, the city of London's industry. And it seems like now I can't guarantee that this is this is the reason, but it seems like that's maybe the major reason why the Conservative Party in this country wanted to leave the EU so they could continue their money laundering tax evasion empire. Um, and it's, this isn't just for English people. This is like, you know, African dictators harvesting the money of their population and keeping it in offshore accounts. Um, so. Um, but of course, they can't tell the British people, oh, yeah, we, we want to continue our criminal enterprise. Can you help us out? So they'll, 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 they'll give them, they'll make up nonsense. They'll say, oh, immigrants are coming and stealing all your jobs and, and uh, they're ruining the NHS. And uh, if you analyze the data, immigrants to the UK um, contribute significantly more than they use. Uh, specifically with the NHS and in tax in general. Um, not only that, but the immigrant workers make up, a, uh, NHS is our national health service. So, you know, anyone who's sick, you don't have to pay anything. You just go and uh, everything's free. You think um, that's good? Well, definitely. I mean, if, if I got sick, for example, if I broke my leg or something, I don't need uh, thousands of pounds worth in bills. I can just... Uh, 
go with no questions asked. They will do everything. Why would you want to do that? I mean, because the thing is, like here in the United States, I don't know what it's like over there. But the thing is, like 30% of the deaths that are created in the United States are created from people that go to the hospital and through misdiagnosis or something that's done in the hospital, these people die. I think that happens more in a a for-profit situation. For example, you, in the United States, you have a really unusually high uh, rate of cesarean sections for births, for example. And the, yeah. profit, the, the hospitals make a lot of profit from that. But uh, if you compare that to any, you know, uh, any other uh, so-called advanced country, um, it's, it's radically different in the United States. Um, that's yeah, just one example of... It, that, that, that's not where the deaths are occurring. It, I, no, I, it's just an example gonna, of unnecessary procedures that they will... Right. Once again, being an Uber driver and everything, I get the opportunity to talk to a lot of different nurses. And when I right, put right. this question up to them, what they're saying, yeah. especially now, what's happening is people are taking, and because everything is technology and everything, yeah. somebody may make a mistake of, uh, you know, the amount of milligrams or whatever a person is supposed yeah, to yeah. have, and they end up giving them an overdose and they die. I mean, that's just one. Sure, sure. So, so definitely, if you go to hospital, you're, you're at risk of, uh, you know, you're putting yourself at risk when you go to a hospital, just yeah. as you're putting yourself at risk when you enter an Uber car, because there's right. a chance that your driver will crash. On the other hand, there's an extremely high chance that your driver will take you to your destination. Right. <laughs> so, for example, if you, if, you, if you got into a crash and your leg was severed and you were bleeding everywhere, would you rather, would you choose to go to a hospital where you're going to get many thousands of or maybe even tens of thousands of dollars in bills, or would you prefer to go to a hospital? You cut out. It froze. Justin, the same, froze. really? Can oh. you repeat that, Justin? You froze. Can you for hear a... me now? Yeah. Oh, okay. The, the, so, your video and your audio froze for a. For a okay. For no a, worries. I'll, I'll say it seconds. again. You can I'll say it again. Okay. <laughs> so, okay. You're, you're in an accident, let's say, and you know, if you don't get medical attention, you, you will die you, maybe within a day or maybe within a few hours. Would you choose to go to um, a hospital which is going to give you thousands or tens of thousands of pounds in, uh, or dollars uh, bill or, or one that will do the same service for free? Which would you prefer? Well, the thing is, number one, if I was in an accident, I wouldn't have a choice of which hospital I wanted to be taken to. I would have to go to wherever that was called in. I may be unconscious or whatever, and I would be totally dependent upon the circumstances that exist. Exactly. So, for example, it would depend whether you were in a country with free national health care or one that had a profit system. I got a story for you from a writer, okay, that I once had here. The thing is, the whole thing is a mess as far as the, the health insurance and everything, because what happened was this young lady, she's like 21 years old. Yeah. And she told me that uh, when she was young, like a teenager, you know, maybe 14 or 15, that her mother made her go get this vaccine for this um, thing. So to avoid uterine cancer, I don't know what right. they, they call it. There's a name for it. Right, okay. Right. So she went and she had that, had that vaccine. Yeah. Well, the thing is after shortly after that and everything, she started having seizures, okay? Yeah. And uh, the thing is that there is one of the side effects from this. 
So yeah, she, it's, she it's says, Dave, she says she found out about this because none of this was told to her before or to her mother before this all happened. But yeah. the thing is they put these vaccines out and they let people be the guinea pigs as to what happens with it. So anyway, the thing is, she says, I'll be at my friend's house or whatever. And she says, all of a sudden, I'll go into a seizure. So the first thing they do is they take and they call the ambulance. The ambulance yeah. comes and they haul me off to the hospital, she says. And then yeah. she says, I have to pay this stupid bill. Exactly, said, that's what I'm saying. No, but the oh. thing is, this here was, a, as far as I'm concerned, a problem with our medical community allowing this to be out to begin with. This is something that's created by yeah. the medical geniuses or scientists that we depend upon, which I think is a crock of crap to begin with. I but think that the, the, those kind of problems are gonna be worse where the, the more profit involved, the worse that's gonna be, right? Because well, the, the more profit the, driven those systems are, the more they're gonna be pushing, like you have a massive opioid epidemic in the United States because yeah, of doctors uh, and big pharmaceutical companies pushing these drugs, not only pushing those drugs, but also pushing your governments or your regulatory bodies because they're such vast wealthy companies they're, yeah, they're, they're basically al allowing a massive um, drug dealing mafia. Uh, yeah, they do. But it's, well, it's not only in the mafia, it's in the drug companies. Because that's like, what I, well, I'm, I'm now comparing those drug companies to basically a, a, a drug dealing mafia. That's right. Because like Bill and Linda Gates, the Bill and Linda Gates Foundation was found, founded because Bill Gates decided that he could make more money off from vaccines than he could off of technology. And well, I don't know exactly which individuals are responsible, but if you compare, for example, the United the States that one. has that profit system to countries that have a national uh, health service like uh, England or Scandinavia, or I don't know exactly what they have in Canada or Cuba, for example, um, then I think you'll see, you know, there's a, a significantly greater problem with specifically in this case, the opioid epidemic. And uh, well, the opioid the epidemic in the a, United States, that's a different thing that there's created, you know, by all the depression and everything created by our psychologists, supposedly doctors again. Well, they, definitely, they, definitely. Yeah. Depression and so on ha, has I mean, a lot to do with that. But the accessibility and the, the uh, amount that these drugs are pushed um, definitely has an effect. But to take it back to the example, um, we agree that there are dangers with hospitals, but you know, if you did have an accident, would you rather it be free? I don't have that choice. So you're you're creating a a, a theory of something that doesn't exist that can't exist. So well, I'm just comparing, like, let's say the system in the country that I'm sitting in and the system in the country that you're sitting in. So because if you're thinking about whether you know whether it's good or bad to have like a a, a health system that's paid by taxes that anyone can access. No one has to go bankrupt by being sick, you know, here. No, the thing you, is, the you profit, lose a dime. That is ridiculous because the thing is, the, the profits that a, a government-run healthcare system, that they, the doctors and not only, well, <laughs> the whole thing as far as I'm concerned is a mess because the thing is, they want to take and force people to go to the doctor that if somebody doesn't want to go to the doctor, like this young lady that, if she didn't want to take and have that shot, she should have that opportunity not to have it. Yeah, so in England, it's like that. You know, I haven't, I've been to the doctor, I've been to a hospital three times in the last eight years, I think. One, to get my finger sewn up. Um, 
and uh, another time for uh, you know helping a friend who was going there. He was very unwell. Uh, oh, maybe a couple other times to visit my father. But for myself to have something uh, done to my body only once in like eight years. Yeah. Well, in I fact, mean, maybe that's the only time in. That's the real life. reality of it. I mean, but the only thing is, how much is being paid to the system? For you to go there once you know much much less than you pay in america in your taxes if you compare well you could compare to your nearest neighbor which is canada but uh yeah, americans but the pay come, the canadians come down several times more operations <laughs> uh, i'm not sure that's a statistically that whole, viable statement that whole I mean, thing you, is, that whole thing is a mess when i was in high school was the year that they passed medicare here in florida or not in florida but in the united states and I remember that used to be the debate topic. And my uncle was a doctor. And they all felt it was the wrong thing to do. Because the thing is, what happens is when you take and pass, you know, like uh, universal health care, like there's a big fight between, you know, the herbalist and the, you know, what do they call them? You know, the people that, that just- Naturopath? Yeah, right. Naturopath? Okay. Uh, there's osteopathic uh, doctors. Oh, osteopathy is great. Yeah. Homeopathy. Homeopathy. Homeopathy, I'm, I will reserve judgment. <laughs> Osteopathy, I have great respect for. You know, but there's so many different things that they want to take in control. That's why, you know, the thing is, the thing with the COVID-19, they don't allow you to take and put anything out that publishes any other alternative uh, therapies for COVID except for through whatever's coming the FDA, which is a crock of crap, you know. I mean, there are just so many things that once they gain control. <laughs> About, uh, what is it, hydro? Uh, hydroxychloroquine yeah hydro well that's one of them you know? yeah so well let me ask you a question so if on if on the one hand someone tells me there have been in-depth studies uh, of people with corona and it's shown that actually it increases your chance of death if you are taking hydroxychloroquine if someone tells me that and then someone else tells me oh, there have been studies and it shows that it helps corona. What should I do if I ha have these two conflicting views? Well, I know what I'd do. I'd listen to somebody that's actually had the corona has actually taken the hydroxychloroquine. Now, if they've said, hey, this has done me good, and you hear that from 10 or 15 other people, I, I would trust the word of those people rather than the doctors. As a matter of fact, oh. right, right now, the thing this is- This is where we differ. Right. But the thing is, you see right now, a lot of people are even scared to go to the hospital when they have different kinds of problems of getting the yeah. uh, coronavirus when they go to the hospital. Well, so, that, that fear may be somewhat justified. Yeah, right. So why go yeah. to the hospital? You know, the thing is, if you're going to get it, some yeah. of the people feel that, hey, I just ride this thing out. If it kills me, it kills me. If not, Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, for certain, I, I, would, I would say that sounds wise. Like if if my need for going to the hospital is not really that great, mm, I better stay at home. Yeah, for sure. That sounds wise in, in a situation like this. In fact, you know, in South Korea, um, in South Korea, they basically eliminated the virus, right? And they did it relatively quickly. They had super spreading events like some religious gatherings. Um, singing makes it even worse, you know, but any, if you're in a okay, enclosed so space for... How did they do it? Well, what they did is uh, they, they learned from, oh, sorry, they learned from um, 
no, I forget. It might have been the one you mentioned, H1N1, or I, I don't know. It was one of those famous ones that was a few years ago. Um, you know, that luckily it didn't last long. Maybe it wasn't infectious enough to become a pandemic. I, I don't know the details. But well, there are a lot of people that died in this country from it. Oh, okay, sure. But uh, luckily it, it, didn't, it didn't get as big as this one. But, <clears throat> but it was serious nonetheless, just like you said. And they learned a lot from that. And they studied how they responded and, and, and what went on. And one thing that happened was um, a lot of people who got sick wanted to get tested. So they went to hospitals and either the hospitals were like full or they, they didn't have the testing, whatever. So they would end up going from hospital to hospital, like find, trying to find a test. And what they found was that hospitals became like a main source of transmission because, you know, a lot of people who were sick were coming to the hospitals and then even coming from hospital to hospital and you got all these people together. So they made a strategy for response and they made a, a, an infrastructure um, or at least part of that in preparation so that when this virus came, they very quickly set up a mobile, uh, was it like drive-through testing sites uh, it, like all around the country so that testing was very easy and um, you would the, the the process of testing wouldn't lead to more infection like it would in, in an open hospital you know so uh, and that combined with like track and trace which is you know sounds a bit big brother track and trace and certainly in any normal situation I don't want to be tracked or traced although I have a smartphone so it's too late for that yeah but 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 they actually did it um, really uh, effectively and, uh, you know, isolating people who are infected, also finding where they have been. Um, there's been some, some good applications developed so that if someone was infected, they'll like contact like other people who were uh, maybe connected. And through that process, they, they, um, they got their first infection the same day as the United States, I think. Uh, I think I have that right. Um, first recorded case. And, well, I don't know. Yeah. The thing is, no they're, they're, what, they have no problem anymore. Yeah. Well, the thing is, are the people all immune from it, or what's the deal? No, no. It's just that the thing is, if you can basically, if you can make no one in the country have it, then then no one can pass it, and it's yeah, really hard to get no the, one. What happens but, when the borders are opened up and those people go back and forth to another country that has it? Yeah. So I don't know specifically in. South Korea, but I know in some Asian countries, I, I, I'm sorry that I forget which, and I, I would never want to speak untruly. That's why when I'm not sure, I say I'm, I'm not sure. But well, there, there, there are some Asian countries where there is a quarantine. So um, again, I don't remember which, but there's some, they'll, they'll, you'll actually be taken to a, like a certain special hotel or something like that for two weeks. So, and, and if you do have it, then, um, I don't know, I guess they'll take you to hospital or something. But if you don't have it, and then after two weeks, you still don't have it, then it's really clear, okay, you're fine now. So they're, they're really being careful, making sure. This is something that England is, is not doing. Um, but in fact, if England let people in from the rest of Europe, it would probably dilute our infection rate. You know, let me ask here. you a question yeah. regarding this whole thing. You know, I don't know what it's like over there in Britain, but here, yeah. the thing is, if a person is diagnosed with a... with COVID, yeah. automatically the hospital gets, I don't know, $5,000 or something like that. 
If they're put on a ventilator, they automatically get $10,000. I mean, to oh. me, this whole Mike. thing with COVID, Mike. you know, is sort of have. A, an incentive of capitalization, you know, to take and have more people diagnosed from COVID. Well, so again, I would say that sounds like that would be uh, more of a problem in a country where it's a for-profit medical system. Um, and, and again, that relates to what I was saying about cesarean sections, you know, the more you can do, the more money you, you make. I think, it's, I think it's more moral to have a system where the, the hospital's duty, their number one duty is not profit. Their number one duty is to serve the patients. And well, that's a nice, a nice utopian thought, but the reality of it is hospitals are in business to make a profit. You know. Well, check out the systems that there are in, you know, I could recommend checking out the English system, but our, our uh, Tory government has, over the last 10 years, they've been systematically defunding our service. They're trying to make it totally fail so they can sell it to like American corporations. Um, but if you look, maybe better to look then at Scandinavian systems and see how profit driven theirs is. See. See how the population feels about their service. Um, I know in America, uh, on some of the news outlets, they give like bad press about um, socialist uh, healthcare systems. But if you actually ask the people and uh, look at the statistics, I think you'll find actually they work much, much better and cost the population much, much less. But it, uh, but it also requires that the population be taxed higher, yes. correct? Yes, so but the poorer you are, the less tax you pay. So it means that um, instead of poor people in America, you have so many people, I can't remember how many people every year going bankrupt because of me medical bills. That will yeah. never happen in these systems. There's but if you have someone like Bill Gates, you know, making quadrillions of dollars, then they're going to be paying loads into the NHS. So, you know, the richer you are, the more you pay. And if you're sick, you're sick, you get help. That, that seems like a civilized system. If you're sick, you get help. Well, it's a nice thought. And, it, and in Cuba, and in Cuba yeah. it tends to uh, make it so the, the doctors don't earn very much. So the doctors in Cuba, they're, they're not in it to, oh, I'm, go I'm going to become a doctor because my family wants it and because that's the best profession because you make the most money. It's not a calling. It's like, it's like uh, an, a, a career to make money. That, I would be cautious about uh, assuming that's the case for all of the doctors there. Uh, is it Michael Moore? Did you, did you watch Michael Moore's... Um, I don't know if he made a whole film or just a short thing about bringing... Um, the firefighters from 9-11, you know, they, these heroes that were championed by the United States and yet were totally abandoned by the, the, the government in terms of their, their sicknesses. Um, so he took a bunch of them to Cuba to get them treated. Did you see that? Uh, no, that's yeah. fast. Hi, good morning, everybody. Hi. Hi, Hi Mike. Mike. How are you doing? Mike is good. in Chicago and Justin is in London. Oh, hey, Justin, nice to meet you. Nice you to know, meet you too. I, I am a socialist. Great. I mean, 
I mean that in the sense of the word that I, I enjoy uh, society. I enjoy people. I feel okay. as if, uh, you know, we have a, a funny thing and humans have a funny thing. You know, you have a name for something and all of a sudden it represents something. But man, getting together and discussing things and coming up with uh, solutions together. Yeah. Uh, there's universities cool. all over the United States that do this all the time, but yet we say, we're not socialists. We, we are all socialists. Yes. Uh, and so it's interesting. I'm sitting here talking with uh, three other wonderful human beings. Uh, my fiance's upstairs. She's taking uh, graduate school, her MBA, uh, speaking with 20 different people here in Chicago. And uh, prior to this, I was on the uh, another meeting with uh, seven individuals that uh, are uh, all recovering addicts and alcoholics. Yeah. Uh, all on this new this transportation that we have here, this communication, and I'll uh -huh. I'll leave this that it's interesting because this is giving people access. Yeah. Uh, all I have to say is that access this, to. This tool is giving individuals access, and I believe that this is eventually going to help one another. This whole communication, it's, it's uh, something very powerful is gonna be able to come out of this. Um, so this, this, type of, this type of vehicle that we're using, it already is, you know, but I think more people are gonna have access to one another because of this Zoom. What do you guys think? I think you're right. Yeah. You know, the thing is, when I first became exposed to Zoom, which was a couple of years ago, you know, I thought it was the most unique thing because it would allow families even to come together to speak together and see each other and stuff. But the only thing is, our country has been so divided and so divisive that people that are even in families don't even come together to speak. And even with the Zoom uh, capability and everything, it doesn't happen that much. I think FaceTime was a precursor to all this stuff. Um, you know, where people could take and actually look at each other when they're actually talking to and one Skype. another. If I may ask about that one point, uh, there is div divisiveness, but at the same time, have we become uh, more uh, connected because of, obviously here in the United States, we're, we're given a clear choice, I think. Uh, right. I'm just, yeah. So, I mean, for people like I have four kids, you know, and, and so we're able to discuss things in such a way where we're even more connected. I'm even more connected with individuals at the same time. I know that there's divisiveness, but because of that, there's also more cohesion, more connection. Right. You find that case. Well, I think it's a good thing, Mike. I really do. I, you know, I've said that from the beginning when I first seen it, you know, where people come together, but to me, it appears though that more people are coming together with uh, more of, of a topics that they're interested in and that they find interesting, which I think is really also very, very good. As a matter of fact, uh, earlier today, when Luis was on the, um, on the thing, I took it, I proposed something that, um, you know, that next week in, in the early part of it, what we're gonna do is take and have a, a portion of it dedicated to learning how to do video clips, um, you know, where people can take and, you know, whatever is on their mind or whatever, formulate things in a little video through clipping from this or that or whatever, whatever's important to them, okay, and be able to share that, um, you know, with others. Um, what we're trying to do is mm -hmm. take and make it so that 
you know, this communication form can be used in more different ways than, you know, just this. But stuff like this, to me, like where we have people that come together um, that have a common interest or are sort of curious about something is one of the most wonderful things that it, to me has ever happened. And I, I, I think it's really, really great because it, I think it allows for more communication than actually what was there before in many different ways and pulling people together with uh, more of a common interest that people can actually learn from um, and whatever's on their mind or whatever they're learning about in life at that particular time. Because the thing is, depending upon the, I, I believe that depending upon the age of a person, you have different interests in mind and different fears and different things. And by using this form of, uh, you know, communication, I think it can unite people together in a, in a very good way, you know, yep. but also can be used for destructive purposes too. So, you know, you, you always have both those elements in all That's things. True. That's a good point. You know, so Justin, Justin, yeah. So, so uh, you, uh, what's the name of your the instrument, the musical instrument? I guess it's from Japan or Asia. Shakuhachi. That you, um, um, as, uh, an expert on. Can you uh, show it to us? Uh, oh, sorry. These ears don't don't reach very far. Hey, folks, I'm going to have to get uh, be gone now. So it was nice oh, meeting you, Justice. Nice, nice meeting you too. Oh, was wait, it um, uh, David? Yeah, David. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, David, nice to meet you, David. You seem like a really nice guy. Wait, wait nice minutes. seeing you again, Mike. I wish we had more time. <laughs> David, wait a few minutes. Thanks, David. Okay, we'll see you all next week. David, wait yeah, a few David. minutes. <laughs> what? For what? David, wait a wait a few minutes. Uh, maybe uh, Justin will show us something. Oh, that he can show you. That's fine. I'm, I got some things yeah. I have to do. So David's David's busy. <laughs> oh, that's a flute, huh? Yeah, it's a kind of bamboo flute. This is one that I made. Wow! Wow! Uh, cool. And we, we blow up here. This is actually a world, uh, water world buffalo horn. On it. That's a that's a buffalo yeah. horn. The, the black part? Yeah. Well, yeah. water water buffalo. So not 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 bison. But uh, the, the black part, it's just to make it stronger. So we blow through, we blow on that edge. Man, that is cool. Yeah. Or uh, they get longer. This one I made from uh, deer antler. In wow. Oh my gosh. Yeah. And the, the bottom is, so the ground grows, you know, maybe, maybe around here, uh, the ground, uh, the ground level. So these, this is this would have been underground, the roots. This actually grew near my near my home. This bamboo uh, when I was living in Japan. Oh. Wow. Yeah. You and, you made you that. Made yeah. How does that sound? Uh, I can show you. Uh, if you see. don't mind. I'm, no, I don't mind. Uh, I might have to like negotiate space here so that. <laughs> I the sound was the sound was really bad when I when I didn't use this. That's why I have to have my earphones. Um, you know, so, Justin, you brought up a documentary, and I love film and learning and everything. But what's fascinating about this to me is is that I'm actually in the documentary right now. I'm <laughs> with you. I'm with you in it, and it's being created as we speak. And of course, Dude. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Re this is real life. <laughs> And it, and I'll try to upload it in a in a few days to oh. to the YouTube Wake Up and Think Clearly channel. 
man. So, um, I'll give you a little sound from this uh, small one. It, this is so close. I don't know if this can be uh, gonna. The sound's gonna get through okay or not? But we can hear um, it. Well, I'll give you just a little rendition of a, a beginning of a of a Kinkoryu piece. That was very good. It sounds, it sounds good. I drifted, I drifted off Justin and, and where <laughs> I was at was, it's fascinating because we're all together right now and sitting in different chairs. Um, and I think this, and I'm sure people are working on this as we speak, right? Where I wish you could be sitting right here because I'm, I'm out here on my I'd love deck. to be under that tree with you, for sure. <laughs> yeah, man. And, yeah. and it's fascinating because, uh, you know, I was actually this uh, sort of going on a, a, a mental trip this morning, and I thought it would be very interesting to see, as I'm speaking right now, uh, if, you know, they say that uh, pictures say a thousand words. Wouldn't it be fascinating right now is as I was speaking, you could actually see the pictures that there was a way that you could see that my words right now were creating the images. I guess that's what, what our I'm mind saying. is for. Yeah. Right. But to, <laughs> but to be able to, yeah, you're doing it right now, right? <laughs> but yeah. as we were, as I was sitting there with you, I'm, I was enjoying my cup of coffee while you were playing flute because huh. quite honestly, what I would, what I've always wanted in my life, was to be around, and I have been around musicians all my life, fortunately, like most of us. Yeah. And to be able to share my morning listening to <laughs> a man who's playing a bamboo flute who made it. Now, how <laughs> cool is that? But you're in London right now. Yeah, now, it's true. You want to I hear the big one? Yeah, man. I'll, I'll play you a little. Um, maybe I'll just play the shortest piece. I, I don't want to bore you guys. No, go, go on, man. Whatever you got. So, uh, yeah. Well, you'll have to see just what you see.
meaning that life is happening all over the universe is a huge place and uh, we know this and but it's all happening at once and this reality or this force if you will is completely grooving on uh, itself and excited about it when I hear you playing that I'm I'm, I'm a part of life and I'm excited about uh, Hiro and, and Justin and and how like water. Do you see what I mean? Does that make any sense? It's all over the place. Sounds good. <laughs> Sounds good. Yeah. How, how did you guys meet? How did, how did you guys, uh, how did you stumble onto this? I know Lou, I know Lewis and that's how I know Hiro. Okay. Um, maybe, maybe you can say, I didn't even know how to pronounce your name. Hiro. Is that, is that yes, right? It's a, okay. It's Hiro. Spanish is Hiro. Oh. You can say gyro. And then right. Jam, and then the middle name Jam Yang Pao. That's that's Tibetan. Tibetan. That I yeah, took yeah. Uh, the, I took the the syllable A out. <laughs> <laughs> and Moreno's my last name. It's Spanish from Colombia. I was born in Colombia. Oh. And I and I found uh, Justin, because uh, I because I uh, add friends that are interested in Buddhism because I'm studying Buddhism. Maybe that's how. I, uh, I uh, I grabbed him and and occasionally we uh, we have uh, uh, comments about different posts and so I I invited him over to this. <laughs> this is the well, first I, time we've chatted, actually. Uh, yeah, Mike, <laughs> pretty cool. Cool. <laughs> How's London today? Gray. <laughs> <laughs> and run by a far-right government. <laughs> Apart from that, it's good. <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah, we've got a far-right government here, too, that we're hoping yeah. to get time at least, you know, it's a bit, this has been a big couple of weeks for us. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, you've got like the a... RNC, the RNC, which if you talk about uh, just a, a colossal, almost nightmare to watch this ridiculousness, uh, and I did watch it. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, it's a big, this is the, this is the most important election that, that we're facing, that this country has faced uh, in quite some time, at least since, you know, the, uh, uh, the 1960s where you had Nixon 
uh, and uh, the Democrats lost and the Vietnam War was extended. Right now, we don't know if, if this maniac uh, stays in office, at least I don't know what, what He has no happen. intention of leaving. Yeah, no intention. And every intention of totally uh, rigging the election. I mean, the Republicans have always rigged the election, haven't they? But um, now, the it's so crazy. I'm seeing all your post postal boxes being taken away and stuff. It's like there's so many, yeah. so blatant. There's so many problems, and 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 I agree with you. If I may, I don't mean to interrupt, but the, no, no. The 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 crux of and from what from what I gather is yeah. uh, you're right. The uh, the authenticity of a fair election, number one. Yeah, and, and that that was brought up that the the election would be rigged by Trump is extraordinarily uh, uh, criminal, beyond yeah. criminal. Yeah, number yeah. one, number one, number two, inciting people in this country who already have guns. Yeah, and saying that if I don't get elected, I'm the only one that can protect you. Is wow. also is also criminal and murderous, um, and uh, they're beyond beyond words. The United States. One of the major reasons why we're doing such a horrible job with the this COVID uh, epidemic or or pandemic rather, yeah, is the same reason why we do a horrible job with other areas of health, like drunk driving or or murder. We also, so the, there's not a, this is not, this is, the, the, these, these problems are, are identical. Why do we have so many people in prison? Why do we murder people? Why do we have shootings? Well, there's a lot of reasons why, but it's the same thing happening. We, we, we do the same thing when it comes to an epidemic. This is how we handle drunk driving. This is how we handle, you know, all these other problems. So it's frustrating. It seems to me like uh, the, it's largely down to profit. Like your, your prison system, not totally, but largely it seems to be just a legalized slavery system. Yeah. Um, yeah. And massively propping up the economy by the looks of it. Uh, wow. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, uh, yeah. A lot That's of good. your goods are manufactured there. And then the, uh, yeah, elections, uh, or the police, they seem to be like a, white supremacist terrorist organization uh, mm -hmm. i'm not saying every policeman but the police organizations that's what it from from over here in england anyway that that's what it looks like uh, mm. it's really crazy even that was it that 17 year old murderer who was fully supported by the police murdering people just the other day yeah that was just um, north of here in kenosha yeah like, wow. so it, it's like super crazy it's like a it's kind of like watching Nazi Germany, uh, <laughs> except it's it's today and it's in in color on that screen. Yeah, uh, and we don't know the ending yet, which makes it worse. Maybe. And the, and uh, this morning I I I I woke up at six thirty a.m. because uh, I I set an alarm and and with a, an app called Alarmy, and then it uh -huh. takes me to a an uh, like news or entertainment or like different right. stories that uh -huh. I could click on and so I clicked on 
one about the economy and and the and what they're predicting it sounds like they're predicting that there's going to be some inflation for the next or, or, or i don't know if it's going to start right off but maybe it'll it'll just go up uh for the next five months or something they, uh, they predict in the united states maybe because because uh because uh the, how the economy is not it's not starting and, and maybe they have to keep adding more and more money to to keep things afloat and so yeah, maybe can, that's going to cause an inflation maybe uh, i think economy and the world is i don't know maybe i'm naive but it seems to me like it's entirely stupid to aim for economic growth continual economic growth no closed system can have perpetual growth it's like mm. a seven-year-old should be able right. to understand that. I, I, I agree. I think just the word economic growth, I hear this. Yeah. It's the same when I said socialism too, or just these words that we throw around. What the what does economic growth really mean? It's like a tumor. It, it, well, I mean, it makes no sense. I mean, you know, and here's the deal for me. You know, look, I'm in business. Yeah. I, I understand. I understand about money to a certain degree. Right. And let's, let's, let's call it the way it is. You're talking about getting paid off. Now, paint it any way you want to, but, but you're willing to sacrifice the environment. You're willing, so let's call it the way it is. You can dress it up any way you like it, but let's call it the way it is. You're willing to really sacrifice the environment, health, education. Mm -hmm. Let's put all that aside so you can make some money. Yeah. Is that your position? Right? Is that your position? Not mine. That's why I'm poor. No, 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 no. That's why I'm a poor musician. <laughs> so it's easy yeah. to do that. I, it's easy because it's, you know, you pay somebody off. You pay somebody yeah. off. That's what's happening. Yeah. It sucks. Mm. And when you combine that with this, like, um, when you have, like, government regulations all trying to with all, all kind of having this as a target, like, oh, economic growth, economic growth, rather than a kind of homeostasis. Um, then, and you, then you combine that with like no punishment for lying. Maybe that, <coughs> that's the worst combination. Like most irrational things in my mind as well. And something that maybe disallows democracy or the democracy that people think the word means. Uh, if you if you don't punish politicians for lying, then your system will be totally screwed, like England or right. America. You know, mm, that, it's true. That's even if you just made that law, like okay, it, it'll it's a criminal offense to deliberately lie, or and deliberately mislead the population in your role in government. Um, right. If that were made and enforced, I think that so much would change, you know? Yeah. Right. I agree. I mean, we try to do that here, right? Oh, really? I mean, we have these things, right? We have journalism. Oh. We have free press. We have courts. I mean, for crying out loud, they tried to take Trump to, to court, but, you know, they wouldn't show up. You know, we oh, yeah, prosecuted yeah. him. We prosecuted him. For but, uh, you know what I'm saying? lying or for work. other stuff. It didn't work. It didn't work for hiding. So this is this is yeah. the struggle. Yeah, yeah. This, this is an absolute struggle. <laughs> it is. It's it's you know? um yeah, it's 
you have a even worse yeah there in the united states it's crazy it's as if a lot of your system was based on some kind of trust system <laughs> so when someone says no i'm not going to play the rules then everyone's like oh whoa we never thought that that might happen no we don't have anything <laughs> in place for for someone just saying no <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's interesting. There's always been corruption. Oh, play. yes. Yes. And, and, and so uh, the ability to be able to call people out, I, I, it was so stark to see the, the parade. I mean, Justin uh, Hiro, I don't know if you watched the RNC or any of the, uh, that, that. What is, R what is RNC? I'm sorry, the Republican National Convention. Oh, I just saw some clips from Democracy Now!, I think. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's a political show, political stunts, one after another. It was like an infomercial for, you know, that's what it is, right? We all know this. Yeah. But it was done so horribly. See, the thing yeah, about it is, yeah. I mean, the thing about it is, is that usually these political parties, they, you know, they, you can... It's, it's somewhat presentable. You get it. You know what I mean? I mean, but this was so far off as far as being scary. Uh, and to have the Trump family standing in front of the White House, which, by the way, illegal, illegal. Yeah. Yeah. And, and but to the have that or something. Yeah, that's not supposed to be a political uh, forum or yeah, yeah. have fireworks being thrown up thrown around at the Washington Monument. These are, you know, uh, yeah. neutral grounds, neutral grounds for us. Uh, yeah. So this is a big problem and a lot of people are calling it out. And so that's why, man, it's to be able to, to vote Biden in is a big deal for me. I'll sure. tell you that. Um, <laughs> you know, the, the, so the, on the one hand, there's the idea that lying and so on is, can be criminally, like, uh, can be a criminal offense. Is that the right word? Um, so you, if you could criminally prosecute politicians for lying, I'm not aware of any law like that, at least not in England. Um, they, they, they lie as much as they want. Sure. Uh, you know, th there are certain things they can do illegally, but just generally like totally lying like they did about Brexit, for example, like Boris Johnson did. And Boris Johnson got fired from, was it two or three jobs for lying? So he, he's a, you know, convicted liar already. But, um, but um, there's that idea. And then there's the idea that just, oh, if we call people out for lying, then that, that, that maybe that remedies things. And I think in the past, it did to some extent, obviously it never did fully because we've had corrupt leaders since the beginning of time. Um, but it had some kind of regulatory effect and that's why the, you know, the freedom of press is so important. But I think that that whole principle is functioning differently now, maybe since like Cambridge Analytica and that kind of stuff. You, what are you is aware that? Of, oh, no. oh, okay. Cambridge Analytica was a, a company, I don't know if it was maybe an English company or I don't know, a few different people. Um, but who's the guy who looks quite like the, our other friend who just left the chat? Is it Steve Bannon? Okay, yeah. 
somehow similar. Uh, he was involved with that. I don't know if he was a part of that. And um, they, if you look them up, Cambridge Analytica. Sure, I, I, they, were they involved in the, the 2016 corruption of the, yeah. the, the fix on that election? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, and they, they, they took loads and loads of data from Facebook. So they had loads of, okay, they yeah. could make really, really targeted yeah. ads. And, and they've worked with a number of um, smaller countries that we wouldn't hear about so often to help install leaders there. So you basically pay them to get you elected. It's, it's, obviously, it's not always as simple as that. It depends, you know, sure. how, how big the competition is. But that was their, their um, company. Um, and it seems like... And, you know, a lot of like Trump's campaign and stuff, and there, there were maybe the Republicans in general, sh maybe shifting, you know, through, through working with companies like that. Yeah. Um, there's been no this shift towards like blatant lying and, um, you know, no bombard bombarding people with all this information or just making like outrageous things one after sure. another. So you kind of drown people. And so some people seem to be saying like, it's almost like they cracked a code. Uh, just a second. Joe, Joe, let me, let me call you back in a couple, few minutes. Absolutely. Yeah, okay, sorry. bye. Um, yeah, and then since then, it seems to be like this uh, global phenomena. You've got uh, Modi in India getting you know, worse and worse. You've got crazy stuff in uh, well, Bolsonaro, for example. You've got rubbish going on in, in Australia. Uh, there seems to be some kind of connection in this, just like, okay, just let's just bullshit really openly now. Uh, and the trouble is like most people, like you're saying about that Republican convention, it, to us, it looks like, oh my God, this is totally crazy. This is total bullshit. This is um, totally evil. But to a whole lot of people, um, it's emotional messaging. That's the way I see it. Mm. And so they're, they're, especially people who are maybe not as cognitively developed or, you know, maybe lower IQ, for example. I'm not saying that, you know, people are good or bad depending on certain measurements, but that kind of more um, cognitive functioning rather than the more affective functioning, uh, you know, intellectual types are less likely to have you know, be persuaded by that kind of nonsense. But a whole lot of people work on a much more of an emotional basis. So if you give them statistics or you show them evidence of people, their, their beloved ones lying and killing people and so on, they're gonna favor their emotional response. And Trump is actually very skilled at um, connecting to people emotionally, you know, in terms of- I, I, I agree. Uh, I agree. I, I think if we look at it from, and, and, and one thing, and I know we all have to run mm -hmm. here, um, but this idea of, of, of equality, equality in terms of uh, rights, uh, fairness, uh, in terms of making a living or health, health equality, yeah. for example, yeah, all, of yeah. these things, all of these things, these are things that I believe in. You know, uh, uh, the, yeah. uh, the ethical role of environmentalism, the ethical role that business plays, which is 
very, you know, that, that needs, we need governmental controls over business when it comes to government yeah. regulation, when it comes to health. We need yeah. government to step in and say, okay, look, if we know that, like you said, it's all about profit, right? How much money can I make off of people? Yeah. Um, you know, government has to step in because business has, uh, is corrupt and yeah, on their yeah, own, yeah. Won't. Sure. they won't, they won't do it. They need government regulation. Definitely. So this is what, what I believe. And, and so, and now more than ever. Uh, so I'm with you. I, and let people know that I hope you know this in London. And, and when you talk to your friends that there are people here in the United States that, and, and that is the majority, what I just described there we are the majority in the United right. States. So I know that you said, hey, it looks like it's Nazi Germany over here. Well, uh, in Nazi well, Germany, you know, most of the population were still like decent people. But the trouble is, um, it's easy. I mean, you, you, you can have plenty of decent people who are totally opposed to the regime. And on the other hand, an interesting thing is you can also have decent, uh, effectively decent people who actually follow the uh, sure. dark side. Madness, you know? yeah. Yeah. Which, um, which is very so, interesting, Justin, because yeah. part of the way the tool that was used was through media, was through propaganda. And at yeah. that time, the 30s and the 40s, through film, really, and through, you know, the, the, the advent of of, of, of media, media was, was, was really taking off. You could see how that was used. Yeah, yeah. The, the interesting thing, and, and who was it? Uh, who was the big propagandist for, uh, for, for Hitler? He's oh, very uh, I don't remember. Was, what, but it's very famous. It's a very, my mother was born in Germany. Right. Uh, and she was uh, uh, Jewish. And uh, they, my grandfather was in Buchenwald in a concentration camp. And uh, they escaped. They were refugees in 1939. And they stayed in, they had to hide in China because they couldn't get anywhere for about 10 years. They were in Shanghai until 1948. Mm -hmm. And then they came to the United States. So, you know, I grew up with this idea of we must be, this is very fragile. This is yeah, very yeah, yeah. But but this idea of being sold bullshit. Yeah. You know, we're, a lot of people are being sold a bunch of bullshit by a salesman, and not a very good salesman, yeah, yeah. by the way. Uh, are you talking about Trump now, or who? Trump, yeah. Trump's right. a cheap salesman. I mean, I've seen better salesmen on a used car parking lot. You know what I mean? He's, I think uh, he does sell really well to a certain category of people, though. Like some people, we knew just he shit. will won't hear we a word he against him. It's like like my like my grand like my grandfather would have said uh, when when they do the Heil Hitler they the his his those liberals would say that's how high the bullshit is. <laughs> and so I say the same thing in this country. You know, when they say when when he starts talking, I say, hold on to your wallet and watch the bullshit fly." Yeah, yeah, for he's sure. A bad, he's a bad salesman. Well, we I can see as well. You know, like, yeah, go ahead. Uh, well, you were saying about you know defending uh, Americans, and for sure, yeah. I mean, um, I guess America does have a bit of a bad reputation in England. 
um, not, I mean, from before as well, mainly because of all the wars that are yeah. uh, waged around the world. Um, but um, looking at the statistics, I mean, you know, the number of people who s support, uh, you know, healthcare for all or uh, socialist policies are actually totally mainstream and yeah. very often the majority of people want. But yeah, I guess largely because of things like, well, because of the advertising, people don't even know what they're voting for. Um, and then because of your, what's it called, the electoral college and stuff, like yeah. you don't even have a majority wins system, which is a bit strange. Yeah, exactly. so no, I totally sympathize with, with America and Americans. Man, I hope we could talk again. This is good. I appreciate it. And the flute was cool. Do you have any, uh, do you sell those? Um, I haven't been making any recently. Um, in theory, if someone needed one, then I could make one. But yeah, they're, 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 they're not cheap. <laughs> and you can find some of my music on YouTube or there's my website up there somewhere. If you search my name, Justin Senryu, S-E-N-R-Y-U, you'll, you'll find me out there. Yeah. What, what does the Sen Senryu uh, mean? Is that uh, an Asian name? Yeah, so um, in Japan, when you, um, in the system of traditional arts, if you attain a level, like a, a teacher level, then uh, your, your teacher will give you a kind of master's license and uh, often give you a name as well. So my name was given to me by Yokoyama Katsuya Sensei. And it means Sen is like a spring, the like water spring. And Ryu is dragon. In Asia, dragons are associated with water, not with fire. So. Mm. So it's like an, uh, like, uh, like saying that you, you are a master of your craft, like you've reached the level. Yeah. I have two of those, uh, master's licenses from, from different, different schools. Of, of that particular yeah. instrument. Yeah. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of different schools like around Japan or, uh, different little crews. Um, oh, Mike's one. Justin, but, um, what the, oh, yeah, I was gonna say, uh, yeah. I don't know how to get, like, if you, if I want to, like, you sent over that documentary. Yeah. Oh, Mike the, Moore. So, you know how to do that? How do you? How do you? Do I? I mean, the only way that I could look that up is if, if I just pull off of this, right, and just throw that into Google because I copied oh, right. and pasted the the link, right? Is that right, the best right. way to do it? Yeah. Like, actually, I'm really new to Zoom. Um, and that, so I'm going to do that right now. That's There's my that. name. Or you could just write it with a normal U. Let me do it real quick. You don't have Dude, to I'm... write the special U, but you can see Send. my name there. That's my name. Hmm. I'm not, I don't do much public stuff and I don't put much out there. Um, I'm cool. mainly because I'm very disorganized and <laughs> part, partly because I'm maybe quite introverted, but mm. yeah, we're sitting well, together now. 
yeah, man, I'll put up my, uh, my, e I guess my email, if anybody ever wants to reach out. And... Oh, you can find me on Facebook as well. That's a good way to connect if you want to connect through there. What's your, what's your business, Mike? I am uh, in the recycling business. Oh, nice. So uh, I'm a conservationist, uh, an environmentalist. Great, great. And uh, I'm terrible with email. Are you on Facebook? I, I'm not, but I could be. I could get on there. I've, I've or, kind of steered away from that. I'm on LinkedIn. <laughs> I, I, uh, I'm not on that, but uh, let me see. Uh, if there's ever a reason to, oh, that's not done right. Just a second. I should get on Facebook. I've been kind of steering away from it because I'm a little bit afraid of it. I am a recluse. I, I, it would be, it, you know, it's a great idea to stay away from Facebook, I think. Uh, I'm, this is my first ever smartphone. Actually, I have to buy a new battery for it. That's going to be a hassle to install. But um, since I got this, I've been really bad with email. But like Facebook messages or WhatsApp messages, they come through to my phone. So I, I'm much more likely to respond to, to one of them. So you can hit me up on WhatsApp there, Mike, if you want to ever. Mm -hmm. All right, cool, man. I'll do it. Wow. And the, uh, Mike, do you use WhatsApp? I use WhatsApp a lot. I don't, but I, I'll, I'll try to figure it out. Oh, mm -hmm. or what is well, that again? What's it called? WhatsApp. WhatsApp is, um, unfortunately, I think Facebook bought it. But it's a messaging system that a lot of people use because uh, it uses the internet. So, you know, if you send someone a text, you could get like all sorts of bills from sending internationally and stuff. But WhatsApp is just, you know, it'll just go through when you're connected to Wi-Fi. And, um, you can do, I guess you can do video chats there as well. If I go on to WhatsApp yeah, with that, oh, you number, have with that number, then I can send you a, uh, a text. Yeah, I mean, that, that's my phone number. So you can use sure. that phone number for WhatsApp. You could use it for just a normal telephone call or a normal text. But, um, or there's other apps, you know, whatever. Yeah, WhatsApp is like a super duper text messaging system that it, it associates your uh, phone number. And so you bring in your, your phone number's contacts. And if they're on WhatsApp, then, then you can add them to WhatsApp and and say, hey, I'm on WhatsApp, and uh, let's chat. Or, or, and you can create little groups in WhatsApp, like a family group, and connect nice. with your family. <laughs> I know I've heard of it. I know I've heard of it. I'm pulling it up right now, but right. I don't want to waste any time, man. It's just good no to, uh, to be able to communicate with one another. Yeah, right yeah. But I guess you'd have to share each other's phone numbers. I guess you could type them in. Uh, I send that to Mike because he doesn't have uh, Facebook. So we can connect on that. We can connect. Yeah, on my phone number is the same as, as the, the Zoom ID. <laughs> oh, cool. Hey, guys, I, I better phone back my right, friend. Man. I don't know. They, you know, sometimes he phones me if he's in the area. So he might, he might be leaving the area. I better. Thanks for the music him. and the conversation. You're welcome. Well, yeah, right. thanks for, for your words and the beautiful trees behind you. And... Um, Jairo, is that how I yes. pronounce? Jairo, like with Jairo. a kind of similar to an H? 
Yeah, like Jose is with. Oh uh, yeah, song. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, Hiro, so nice Austin. to meet you too. Nice Who's to chat with you. Justino. Yeah, you could call me that. My Italian Justine. friends were Justino. Or Justin in, in Spanish. Cool, cool. Yeah, call me whatever you like. <laughs> yeah, thanks for joining my uh, Mike and Justin. <laughs> it was great. Thanks, Tyro. Thanks for putting it together. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. All right, guys, have a good day. Be on the lookout for for an edited version of this uh, meeting on YouTube. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm bye. Take, I'll send a link. With me, Water Dragon. Thanks, man. <laughs> Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye.